Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Really lengthy essays. I'm thinking about essays that don't necessarily feel like these things go together, but ultimately do. Kind of like putting together a perfect charcuterie board. You know you're going to need your cheeses and your cured meats, but then you want to throw something a little interesting on there. You know, when you go to the charcuterie board and you see that interesting item and you're like, oh, what dark chocolate covered almonds? What are you doing here? Or what are these like mini corn dogs? Like, hmm, how down to earth? (laughs) That's the surprise element. This is Finding the Throughline, the show that gives you inside access to honest conversations about the creative process. I'm Kate Hanley. Welcome back to the Finding the Throughline interview with essayist and memoirist Minda Honey. If this is the first time you're hearing of Minda, please go back two episodes and hear her full bio and then keep listening to find out the practical things that help Minda do her work, as well as the inner stuff we covered in her most recent episode. Today, we're going to find out what's currently brewing for Minda and what she knows at this moment about where her personal through line is leading her next. So, Minda, what kinds of things are catching your ear lately? What are your just like most recent inspirations? Oh my gosh, I'm just doing so much reading right now. I was just a few weeks ago, I was in Durham at the Southern Black Writers Conference, and I got this... I wasn't familiar with Zelda Lockhart before the conference, but she was on a panel with a poet that I've been obsessed with lately, Destiny Hempfill, whose poetry collection Mother World is basically like a series of incantations and it's just beautiful and the way that she works with language. So I went to her workshop and then immediately after she was on a panel with Zelda. And so I stayed for that too. I was like, give me more. And so Zelda had this just very interesting take on omniscience because she was saying that black people, because of like double consciousness that we are, omniscient, especially like in our writing and not necessarily in the traditional literary aspect of it, where it's like, you're more like a godlike, you know, what's going on. But because of double consciousness, we're constantly seeing internally and externally at the same time, and that you can apply that across space and time. And so that's why you'll see a lot of post-colonial writers having these layered narratives of like what's happening in multiple timelines at the same time. Jasmine Ward does it really beautifully mm-hmm. in Sing Unburied Sing. If you've read that book, like that's a great example of it. And I ended up having to leave early because I had to eat lunch real quick before my own panel. But I really wanted to talk to Zelda about where this theory intersects with like Toni Morrison's remembering which is kind of along the lines of like all time is happening at the same time. And so like, this is a the way that trauma works, you know? And so this was really particularly important, like when you read beloved. And so even 
as like this family has escaped enslavement, like they're still experiencing the trauma of that, you know, like you're walking through a field and like you're reliving this moment. So I'm like, okay, this omniscience and this remembering, like they definitely like come to a point, but I didn't get to ask my question. So I did buy Zelda's craft book, the soul of the full length manuscript. And so I'm super excited to dive into that. Andre 3000, who (laughs) you may or may not be familiar with, listeners, podcast listeners, but Andre 3000 is one half of Outkast, which is one of the greatest rap duos of all time. Their double album, Love Below Speaker Box, is the best-selling hip-hop album of all time. And so because Andre 3000 is one of the greatest rappers, arguably, of all time, and the group found success so early on, people have been really eager for him to release a rap album, a solo album. And he has not. And he instead released a flute album. And so the world is like, wait, what? What is happening right now? And he's like, yo, I'm 48. What am I supposed to rap about? Like going to get colonoscopies? And so (laughs) one of the greatest rappers of our life, of like of rap's lifetime, because rap is only 50 years old. This man's 48. So of rap's lifetime, put out a flute album and he taught himself how to play the flute. And it's like, well, dang, if Andre 3000, one of the greatest rappers of all time can be like, you know what? I'm gonna pick up the flute. I'm gonna be like a total newbie at this thing. And then also release that album into the world because he is giving us the art that he was called to create versus the art that we are calling on him to create. Like to me as a creative, that is so immensely and intensely inspiring. And it's like, if Andre 3000 can do that, if he can remain like authentic to his spirit, because he was like, this is the most honest thing that I could do right now. Then me, as I'm thinking about my next project and these essays that I want to write, like it's giving me permission to experiment and to branch out a little bit and to not necessarily be concerned about the outcome or the audience, like to just do what's going to nourish my spirit, which I think when you're creative, when you're a working creative, you're always oscillating back and forth between, you know, because you got to have ads in this podcast, what keeps the lights on and doing what is like most nourishing to your spirit, constant struggle. I... I'm so excited to see what comes out of this. I can just hear in your voice. I get to see on your face, not (laughs) just like how much energy and light is coming in as you're thinking about this stuff. And I'll definitely include links to the books and the people and the albums that you mentioned here in the show notes. So forgive me when I say that if you want to get the show notes, go sign up for the, you can just sign up for the free version at katehanley.substack.com because you want this information because you want to get the same light in your eyes and shine on your face that Minda has when she's talking about them now. The album is called and I New take- Blue Sun. New Blue Sun. New Blue Sun, the flute album. It's a flute album. It's a woodwind album. <laughs> it's very jazz. Like, go listen to it. Get your inspiration. <laughs> I'm psyched. I can't wait. I, you could can listen to it while you're working, right? No words? 
Absolutely. There are no words. I have listened to, I've probably listened to it three times already. And then also read the interviews. He's done interview video and like article interviews with GQ and the guardian. And he's just dropping gems all over the place. (laughs) Amazing. All right. I got to take a quick break for a sponsor ad so I can keep the lights on, but we'll be right back. The habits you do every day have a much bigger impact on your health than the things you do every once in a while. That's why I decided to start using a water filter at home so that the water we drink and cook with every day has as few contaminants in it as possible. Because unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. I love the AquaTrue Countertop Reverse Osmosis Water Purifier. It requires no plumbing. You just plug it in and fill up the tank with tap water, and 15 minutes later, you have a beautiful pitcher of great-tasting pure water. I drink it on its own or use it to make tea, and I even cook with it. And now you can visit AquaTrue.com and enter code KATE at checkout for 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier. AquaTrue's purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, arsenic, and forever chemicals. Best of all, just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, saving you money and the environment tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code KATE at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code K-A-T-E. All right, so welcome back to Finding the Throughline Conversation with Minda Honey. So, Minda, you were just sharing with us about some of the things that are inspiring right now. What kind of glimmers are you getting about where you might be headed next or where your work is going? So when you cannot write, that is the time you want to write most intensely. So while I've been promoting my book, I obviously, well, maybe not so obviously, but for me, obviously did not have these large chunks of time to sit down and write. So I've been like working on a list of essays I'd like to write and compiling notes around those essays. There's also an essay that I started last year that I'd like to get back to. And it's about Incubus. And they have this song, Pardon Me. And it's about spontaneous combustion. And Brandon Boyd of Incubus, like they're still touring. They're still a band. I think they're getting ready to like re-record this album, a la Taylor Swift. And I remember though, like when the song came out was right about when I was like 12. And that's about the age most girls start to experience street harassment and the rage that, you know, like you get so angry, you could spontaneously combust, but you don't have an outlet for this rage because it could be more dangerous. So I've been working on this braided essay about street harassment, rage, incubus, the word incubus and like so just and it's this very weird weird essay that is is emerging and so i'd love to get back to that soon i've also been thinking a lot about ai 
and this fear that like AI is going to steal all of our jobs as writers. And I just don't have it in me. I just don't have the energy to be afraid of AI. And so maybe that's foolish of me, but I keep thinking about the folktale John Henry and how John Henry beat the steam engine, but it cost him his life. And so like, as a black woman, as a writer, it's like, at what cost am I going to try to like beat a machine? And I think about, so I'm thinking about John Henry, I'm thinking about AI, and I'm also thinking about the affliction of weathering. So, you know, they say like black don't crack, you know, black people age really well, but that's not true internally. Like our organs, our health ages much quicker because of like the additional stresses of racism. So I've just been thinking a lot about that essay and also about John Henry's wife, Sally, who I think her name's Sally, who appears in some versions of the folk tales, but not others. And in some, she's like active in helping him beat the steam engine. So also just kind of like uncovering her story a little bit more. So I'm thinking about braided essays. I'm thinking about really lengthy essays. I'm thinking about essays that don't necessarily feel like these things go together, but ultimately do kind of like putting together a perfect charcuterie board. You know, you're going to need your cheeses and your cured meats, but then you want to throw something a little interesting on there. You know, when you go to the charcuterie board and you see that interesting item and you're like, Ooh, what dark chocolate covered almonds? What are you doing here? Or what are these like mini corn dogs? Like, hmm, how down to earth? That's the surprise element. Like you want to put a a braided essay, at least I want to put a braided essay together in the same way. So you're going to have your cured meats, you're going to have your cheeses, the things that belong there, but then you're going to have that thread that's just like, oh, intriguing. (laughs) Oh, man, Uh, thank you for sharing about that. You are talking about these, these essays. And I'm like, oh, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I love the through line in between those essays and incubus, <laughs> like the corn dog on the charcuterie plate. I'm super into it. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And last question before we get to our fast five Are there changes that you are already making or things that you sense that you need to shift? Yes, I've made a number of changes. <laughs> In this past year, in the lead up to the book, I think because the book is about dating in my 20s, mentally, I've been in that space for a long time because I like lived my 20s and then I had to write about them, I had to think about them as I'm like revising the book. So now that the book is done, my mind is free to move forward. And also when you are like deeply revising and reliving some of your maybe not so great dating choices it really pulls things into perspective. So there's a lot of shifts within my dating life that I've made. There's a lot of shifts within like how I prioritize romantic connections in my life versus platonic connections. Certainly just like overall better emotional boundaries has like brought me a lot of peace and less like internal chaos. I also like I stopped drinking, which has been like really great. I just kind of like woke up one day and was like, "Mm, I think I'm done with this. So yeah, 
And I moved. I'm like moving, even though I had a really great life in Louisville and I'm going to miss my little niece so much. There was just like this part of me that was like, it's time for like a new adventure. It's time for something more. And so I'm, I'm heeding the call and I'm going. So it's been a year of really big changes. I can tell that you are a manifester. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, are you into human design too, Kate? (laughs) Just the tiniest bit, the tiniest bit. I too, I know I'm a manifester. I don't know that much about it. So I've learned a lot just listening to you. I'm like, oh, I think I might be splenetic or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The website I recommend is mybodygraph.com. If you want, I'm pretty sure it's like free to get like your chart made. And then like, it'll give you like, kind of like the basics around where you fall Very cool. human design. My body, what? Mybodygraph.com. Graph. Got it. Okay, great. Again, it'll be in the show notes. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it might be because you're listening to the free version and you need to go back one episode at the end. I asked Minda about what kinds of schools of thought have helped her kind of get to know herself. And she shared that she has learned a lot from studying human design. Okay. Time for the fast five, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> you could choose this is an either or question but if you have both then please share both because we're all always looking for these recommendations what is the last book or show that you stayed up too late watching or reading because it was so good you just couldn't put it down oh my gosh uh, i read so much that i have like my brain immediately like goes blank when people ask me this question <laughs> And it was so funny because preparing for this interview, I was like, oh, let me, let me look this up. And then I got sidetracked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So I was one of those people that was like, I'm not, oh, oh my gosh. I almost forgot about this. So one of my writer friends, Olivia A. Cole she writes YA, and so I don't typically read YA, but she did a book in verse called Dear Medusa. And it's about a high school girl who's struggling through her parents' divorce. And she's also being preyed upon by one of her high school teachers. And she's also like coming into like her sexuality, exploring her sexuality. And making new friends because she's been abandoned by her ultra-conservative Christian friend as she started to become more sexual. And I think a lot about how there's like no safe space for young people, young women, young queer folks in particular to come into a sexual awakening or to explore their desire in like these safe ways. And like it automatically like wanting becomes a welcome mat for danger And I'm someone who's experienced like quite a bit of, you know, sexual assault and harassment, you know, even as a teenager, even within my high school. And so this book, I definitely stayed up entirely too late reading it, got up entirely too early to finish reading it. I mentioned earlier, I'm not a big crier. I'm learning to cry more, but that also means that I don't typically cry when I'm reading things or watching movies or anything like that. And this book brought me to tears. And what brought me to tears was the friendships between the girls and how sometimes someone can show up for you 
and give you the support you need without actually knowing what you're going through and not necessarily prying either to try to like get you to like expose yourself or reveal yourself. They can just be present and that can be enough. Like that can be enough for you to survive whatever it is you're going through. And so much about our teen years and our childhoods is about surviving like these like sets of circumstances that have been given to us, which might sound like a very pessimistic (laughs) look on childhood. But I think also sometimes we overly romanticize childhood in a nation and in a world where I do not believe that we care for or provide for children enough. You know, no child should be going to bed hungry. Like, So yeah. So anyways, that was so beautiful to me that brought me to tears. And I just cannot recommend Dear Medusa enough. That sounds amazing. What is your morning beverage of choice? I do a matcha latte, but I make it at home in a non-traditional sort of aspect. If I'm feeling very flush, I'll have pistachio milk on hand. So I'll do matcha, pistachio milk, and then I put my collagen in there and then I throw it in the blender so that it gets mixed up real good because nobody likes chunky collagen in their drink. (laughs) (laughs) Or chunky matcha. Mine is always like... like, it's not... mm, No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And what song do you listen to when you need a pick-me-up? I am always listening to the sorts of... Like, if I need a pick-me-up, it's going to be something like Meg the Stallion, DJ Cho's She's Bad, like... Young M.A. has a song that's called like Bad B Anthem. Like those are the sorts of things. Like people just talking reckless and being ostentatious about their greatness or the greatness of other women. Like that's what really like gets my head in the right space. Nice. And do you have a favorite either month or day of the week and why? October is my favorite month. I always feel like October is like a month like something always happens in my life in October. My book originally was supposed to come out in November and I was not surprised at all when it got bumped up to October. I was like, yes, yes, this makes sense. So October, I feel like is always really special. And the weather is really great. The crunching of leaves, but still warm enough that you have to wear a coat. I love October. Yeah. And okay, what meal would you ask for if someone said they would either make or order absolutely anything that you want? Strawberry shortcake. I love strawberry shortcake. And I'll have it on a biscuit, have it on a slice of cake. As long as like it's moist and sweet, the strawberries are fresh and the whipped topping with the whipped cream is homemade. You know, I don't want it out of can. (laughs) I want those vanilla bean specks in it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fancy. But yeah, I mean, listen, anything, we're talking anything that you want. So I love it. Vanilla bean specks. Do we know it? (laughs) Minda, I just want to thank you so much for being here. And before we check out, is there anything that you're up to that you want listeners to know about or where they you would like for them to come connect with you because now they love you <laughs> and they want more? I'm most active on my Instagram, which is just at Minda Honey. You can also check out MindaHoney.com. I have a number of writing workshops that I'll be leading next year for the International Women's Writers Guild, Hugo House, The Porch, Tennessee, and the Inlandia Institute. And I try to keep those opportunities updated on the website. Amazing. Awesome. I'm going to check those out. 
Finding the Throughline airs one interview per week, broken up into three episodes that come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for free. Skip the ads and get each interview in one longer episode by becoming a paid subscriber at katehanley.substack.com. Even if you aren't ready to get out your wallet just yet, become a free subscriber at katehanley.substack.com and receive the full show notes with links to everything my guests and I cover. However you listen, thank you. Finding the Throughline is edited by Sound Advice Strategies. Connect with me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. And come back next Monday when I'm having a conversation about the creative process with an entirely new person. Until then, wishing you a great weekend.